details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public. No more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. Friday. Welcome in another edition of Michael Graff in Exile underway on a Friday, April 23rd, 2010. Beautiful day outside, a great day to have the podcast outdoors, and I could probably do it if I could just, I'll just pick up the, this laptop over here, lug it outside. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, an adapter actually for a mic to plug into it though. I need Just something I need to invest in, and uh, we'll be more than happy to do so because I've I've gotten a couple of contributions recently to the the fund. Something I should really uh, mention off the top of the show. Hang on just a second. Yes, we do this uh, as many times as I can stand to do it, this little podcast for you that's just taking over the interwebs one gigabyte at a time. And uh, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. Not only is that our email address, that's also the PayPal address. I want to just thank a couple of people that have contributed uh, to the uh, to the fund this week. Just awesome of uh, the folks. They're some of my Facebook friends. See, all these people that I know over there on Facebook. You're all just so super. Hello. All right, so I just want to thank you guys for uh, those uh, generous contributions. Also on AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. AOL Instant Messenger. And I have been begged. People are just saying, Mike, you really need to get the show and, and things on Twitter. It can be a marketing thing. You don't care enough about me for me to be on Twitter and telling you what I'm doing every second. Took a dump at 8.30 this morning. Good consistency. Plopped well. I mean, do you really... Is there really that much of a demand? If there's that much of a demand for Twitter, then why isn't there more of a demand for this podcast? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be, as I always am, I'm going to be one of the last people to get in on the trend. I know Twitter's been around for years. Facebook's been around for years. MySpace has been around for years. The only one I got kind of on the ground floor of was MySpace. I was on there. I've been on there for, I don't know, seven years or something. I've been on there forever. I don't know. But yeah, I was using the internet on a, uh, like in 1987, uh, 87 and 88, on these like, just these basic text, um, you can't even really call the message boards. They were bulletin boards. 
And that's how people communicate. It was just this very primitive thing, and it took like half an hour to download a page of text. It wasn't even a 14-4 modem. It was really sad. All right. Well, there certainly is a lot happening today, a lot of stuff that I'd like to get into, and uh, just some of the things that are on my radar, and that's what we open the show with now every day, in case you've missed it. It's our new feature on the show, and they may not be the most important news stories, according to Fox News or Drudge or um, CNN or any of the other gatekeepers of news, but they're certainly tops on my radar, and really, that's all that matters. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> but lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Graff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. It couldn't have had that scream unless I spent all morning trying to get a hard drive out of one computer into another. It was much harder than you thought because uh, who cares? The yell's in there and that's all that matters. Let's get into it. The seven big stories of the day, according to me. Number seven. All right. Well, 11 people are still missing. The oil platform off the Louisiana coast has since gone down. But the oil spill anticipated, not too bad. Uh, some oil has leaked, but it has been contained for now. That's the good news. The bad news, obviously, the 11 people missing. Uh, they're going to have a uh, continue the search for those folks today. And then afterwards, the rescue will go from a recovery mission, uh, mission standpoint. So kind of a sad situation. They are presumed to be dead, but... Um, there's always holding out hope, I suppose. We'll keep you updated. Number six. The NFL draft was last night. In prime time, got pretty good ratings. Sam Bradford was taken number one overall by the St. Louis Rams, and it's going to take a lot more than a quarterback to save that team, but we'll see what they do in subsequent rounds. Doesn't bother me. I'm not really a Rams fan. No in the same division with the Cardinals. So go ahead and suck all you want. But of course, the big surprise, Tim Tebow taken 25th overall by the Denver Broncos. You have an organization putting itself on the line and a lot of people once again foretelling that Tim Tebow is going to suck and he's going to be a big disappointment. He's not going to be anything in the NFL at best. Maybe he could run the option the wildcat, he could maybe come in and play halfback or tight end, or they could try to get him to fit into a scheme. Look, all this guy has done on any level is win. And for whatever reason, everybody still foretells how bad he's going to do, how much he sucks. I talked about it on yesterday's show. I, I, I really sincerely hope that this guy comes in, cleans up, and, and all these guys, he rubs it in everybody's face. Uh, the Ron Jaworski and all those, uh, all those snarky folks over at ESPN. Man, I hope Tim Tebow does well, but it's going to be hard because will he be given a fair shake? That's really the other question. Yeah, you'd hope so if they spent a first-round draft pick on the guy. Number five. Oh... My dreams of being a multi-multi-millionaire are out the window temporarily as a Missouri man won the $258 million Powerball. Guy missing some teeth. He said he was down to his last $29. He spent five of it. He gambled five of his last $29 on Powerball tickets and wound up winning. Yeah, how about you idiots that say... The, the lottery is nothing more than a stupid tax. I don't know. I think this guy's laughing all the way to the bank. But there's one guy that isn't, that's for sure. Number four. And that's Lance Baxter. And uh, you might not know who Lance Baxter is, but he was one of the voiceover guys for the Geico commercials. 
one of those guys that uh, was in their celebrity ad campaigns that they did. Well, Lance Baxter got fired from his gig, and we'll tell you more about that coming up, but probably, and, and this is something I don't get about guys that have a really good job. Why delve into the political arena if you're a spokesman making major bank for a major campaign like Geico? You know, Geico in the last several years, this is a, a company that has not only taken over, they are the most recognized insurance company by far anywhere. And if you're the voiceover guy for that, why try and screw that up? Just keep your mouth shut. I mean, really, just shut up. Number three. Three. The Archies have a new character. You know the comic, The Archies? Maybe some of you don't know what that is. Well, if you don't, they... <laughs> I think I just totally uh, alienated most of the audience. I don't think anybody knows... Uh, what's a comic, Mike? What are you talking about? Comics. I've uh, I'm not familiar with these comic books. I, I get mine out of the out of the newspaper. All right. Well, the Archies. It was a popular comic. I don't know, thirty years ago. They had a cartoon too on TV. I remember it. Anyway, they're unveiling a new gay character. I guess that's big news. It's it's big because everybody else thinks it's big news, and that's why I say it's big news. So what? Gay characters. Uh, we kind of went over this bridge quite a long time ago when they had that gay kiss on Roseanne and when you had the Ellen show, which was an ambiguously gay character. Uh, who cares? Let's just move on. Number two. Two. Obama rips the state of Arizona over its anti-immigration policy. Ah, I'm glad to see we got his highness's attention over here. Um... Sire, if you don't mind, we're just trying to do the job that you so... I, and I don't mean to speak out against you, Sire, but uh, we could use just a little bit of border enforcement down here, Your Majesty. And under your your most graceful, watchful eye, sir, uh, hundreds of thousands of illegals continue to sneak over the border of the United States every single year. And uh, uh, we, we would really just, if you could, you know, spare us some coin, Mr. President. Uh, I mean, your majesty. And, and help us uh, drive out the illegals that would, you know, maybe. I know it's now it's being portrayed as a war against brown people. Most ridiculous thing I know. Just because we want to protect the sovereignty of the United States and just because we're concerned about our own our own health care problem here and our education system and our uh, our jobs and perhaps crime and the cost on our taxpayers in um, welfare benefits and other entitlement programs that illegals soak up. And of course, you know, that little possibility that there could be a national security risk just because we're concerned about that. That makes us all inherently racist. Oh, I get it. See, I don't care if they're Mexican, Chinese, uh, from Indonesia. I don't care where they're from. If they're here illegally, they shouldn't be. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just trying to adhere to the laws of the land. Uh, I'll try not to do that so much. Number one. Number one. Yeah, and of course, the big story. The Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, should really be renamed the SEX. This after a report is out that in the Securities and Exchange Commission, several people have been busted, caught with their pants down, almost literally. It seems that people on the Securities and Exchange Commission were too busy watching porn to look into situations like Bernie Madoff or, well, any of the other thousands of problems that our country is facing as a result of a lack of enforcement from what would seem to be the watchdog organization over all of that. This this report is unbelievable. When you read through this, you won't even... Some of the shenanigans going on over at the SEC are so outrageous. 
These people were watching porn literally all day. They weren't doing anything but watching porn. I have to I have to tell you about some of this. Anyway, that's the news that matters to me at this point. The seven most salacious, stimulating, and, uh, well, in this case, seductive storylines of the day. Who needs billion-dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right. Now, I'm just sitting here. I'm looking at this this story. We're going to give you some of the details coming up in just a few minutes. You really won't believe what was going on in uh, in the Securities and Exchange Commission. Again, this is on the taxpayer dime. Okay, understand that. All right. And they list a lot of what went on here. And this... A surprising story. Well, I mean, on the show, I so much as uh, joked around. I said, what are these people doing over there? They're just jacking off all day. Well, as it turns out, I guess they were. <laughs> I, I went through an old archive of the show, and I, uh, I actually said that on the air. And as it turns out, yeah, I guess, I guess it was true. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Those aren't all the things that we're going to cover, but those are just a wide variety of topics, a shotgun, as it were, to start out the show. And we'll continue. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show, AOL Instant Messenger, EFNet IRC, the channel Net Radio, should you want to contact us via that avenue, and uh, michaelgraff.com for all of your related Michael Graff needs. More coming up. We'll continue. It's Michael Graff in Exile. Michael Groff in exile on a Friday, April 23rd, 2010. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And MichaelGroff.com for all of your various Michael Groff needs. And don't forget, Mike at KMGX.com. Also the PayPal address. Just going to hammer, hammer, hammer. Uh, for those uh, donations uh, to the program, it does it does help. Believe me. Yeah, you'd think a guy that has a podcast like mine, uh, I would just be a multi-millionaire. I would be like uh, I would be like that um, Lance Baxter guy, aka DC Douglas, the voiceover guy for Geico. And I could just piss it away by pissing off my employer. But no, I, I really don't have that kind of money. So that's why I, I stump for it on the show. Because I don't believe in charging for the podcast. That's why I just sort of ask for your, your donations. All right. Well, one of the stories that we talked about in the open... Today is the day that Arizona Governor Jan Brewer is expected to sign into law legislation that would be the toughest immigration enforcement legislation in the country. 
Yes, it would actually mean that police would be doing the job well, sort of set aside for immigration and naturalization services, but really it would just be enforcing existing law. This would just be another means for enforcing existing law. And of course, it would also uh, make it a state crime to be in the United States illegally. Uh, it kind of already sort of is, but now it would uh, make it more concrete. Anyway, uh, the president has actually taken time out of his busy golf schedule to acknowledge our existence, and he's lashed out. He's not happy. He criticized the pending Arizona law. Um, let's see. Uh, this was during remarks at a naturalization ceremony for members of the military yesterday. Obama called the legislation misguided and warned that it could, quote, threaten to undermine basic notions of fairness that we cherish as Americans. Well, isn't that interesting? Notions of fairness. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really find too much fair in law, in life, or in general. Do you? Do you find much to be all that fair out there? Do you think that it's fair that someone comes into this country and, you know, they, they are able to get benefits that off of your taxpayer dollars? Do you think that that's really all that fair? Do you think that somebody that comes into this country and commits a crime and their only punishment is simple deportation where they can just come right back into this country and then be free to do the crime all over again? Because, again, 30% of all the crime that's committed here in Maricopa County, which is where most of Metro Phoenix is located... 30% of the crime that's committed here is done so by illegals. Governor Jan Brewer is, um, well, she's nearing the deadline to act on the measure. Civil rights activists have said that the bill would lead to racial profiling and deter Hispanics from reporting crimes. Hundreds of Hispanics protested the legislation at the state capitol complex on Thursday. Like, who really... How would that deter you from reporting crimes unless you were here illegally? I mean, really, the, the fear-mongering that's being generated around this bill, I don't know, uh, any Hispanic that I've talked to has said, I would still report crimes. It's ridiculous. I'm here legally. I can prove that I'm here legally if I'm ever questioned about it. You know, people that come to this country to visit, there are occasions where they may be stopped by police and they may be asked to prove that they're in this country legally. And so they have to produce uh, either a passport or some sort of a, a, an ID that would signify that they are indeed here legally. It's just, it's common sense. If you're going to have laws that require people to be in this country legally, how are you supposed to enforce those laws if you don't have the means to do so? And then there's the people that are most critical of this law saying, well, this is not the job of the police department, the local police. They shouldn't be doing this. This is up to Immigration and Naturalization Services. Well, uh, I, okay, fine. I, I guess it's up to the, the, the Secret Service to go after counterfeiters or the FBI in, in, co in, in cooperation. FBI should be going in for, uh, for drug busts. Or maybe actually the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Maybe they should be going in there. Or, I don't know, somebody like that. We should uh, just we should relegate law enforcement to only specific branches to do it. So if the police see somebody that's robbing a bank, for example, uh, what they should do is they should just wait for the FBI to come by. That's what they should do. If we see a counterfeit operation, we should just, instead of the, having the police busted up, ah, you know what, we'll just wait for uh, the Secret Service or the FBI. That's what we'll do. You know, if we know that somebody is uh, writing uh, fraudulent checks, well, again, uh, we're not going to just have the local police enforce that. Now, the police, they'll be there. If somebody, on the other hand, if you blow by an FBI agent doing 120 miles an hour, uh, he shouldn't be able to enforce any kind of law against that. And as a matter of fact, you know, if there's no police around, we should just wait for the police to, to take care of that. How about we should have law enforcement enforce law, regardless 
of the purview of whatever it is that that falls under, whether it's local, state, federal law, maybe we should just let the police enforce the law or let the law enforcement enforce the law. It's such a ridiculous argument. That's why they're there is to enforce. Now, I know you're going to say, well, this this puts a lot of extra pressure on them. No, it doesn't. They don't have to walk up to somebody that looks Hispanic and say, you know, this is the the, the whole thing behind this is everybody says uh, the the opponents of this bill, they will tell you that this forces the police to just walk up to somebody and if they look like they're here illegally, in other words, according to the opponents, if they're brown people, uh, police are just going to walk up to them and say, hey, you got some papers for me? That's not what's going to happen. We don't do that with Muslims. We don't do that with uh, black folks. Okay, we don't do that with people from Russia or China. We don't do that already. Immigration and Naturalization Services, they don't do that. They don't just storm into somebody's house under suspicion that they might be here illegally. Yes, we raid businesses if we have reasonable suspicion, if we get tips or we have reasonable suspicion to prove, to to act on the idea that uh, they are hiring illegals to work for them. People are fed up. They want some answers. They want them now. Enforce the border. That's all it is. And uh, if we're at, while we're at all of this, while we're, uh, uh, you know, uh, kicking illegals out of here, I mean, really what we should be doing and what I've advocated for for a long time, the number one thing that should be done in the United States is to turn off the free stuff. Stop the incentives. Stop businesses from hiring illegals. Take away their incentives for doing so and make it such a strong disincentive to do so. And, and we have a good start in this state. We have the, um, the, uh, the employer sanctions bill. Uh, that passed and and we have that law and so that makes it certainly a tough penalty if you hire illegals but we need to take that a step further and we need to make sure that businesses know that if you hire an illegal you are you're not only out of business you're going to jail and that's that that's what needs to be done and if you stop the free health care and the free education and the, the social security and the welfare and the food stamps and all the other benefits to illegals, um, you will cut down on the number of people that come here. If you legalized marijuana, you would end part of the drug trafficking that's going on here. You would, you would make it so that's not nearly the kind of problem that it is now. Just a few simple things. Sorry, I'm looking from the logical libertarian perspective here. I don't mean to rein in on the Democrat or Republican Party, the uh, the the Kool-Aid that's going on here, but just thought I'd toss that out there. Anyway, um, quote, I've been meeting with lawyers and I've been looking at it uh, very diligently, Jan Brewer said. Brewer, who became governor after Janet Napolitano left the uh, department, uh, left for the Department of Homeland Security, is facing a primary challenge from a handful of Republicans in August, including. Um, you know, just a, listen. There's a bunch of guys that have tossed their hat in the ring. I'm not going to bore you with Arizona politics anymore, but it's important that you know that this is a watershed, a landmark bill. And already four other states are looking at drafting legislation about this. Now, what you also need to know is that this bill, even when signed, is going to be challenged legally. They're going to say that this is unconstitutional. Now, you'll have to find for me the part of the Constitution that says we're not supposed to enforce law. This is a perfectly legal bill under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution. The state has a right to pass a law that protects the state um, and that protects its interests. In this case, especially considering that the federal government won't do anything about it. What I find interesting is, do you know, and, and this, I know this is going to make some people upset, but do you know in this country we spend 47% of our budget every year 
It's almost half. 47% of our budget is spent on defense, the military, etc. That's a huge chunk of change. Now, you think that some of that 47% of the budget that we're spending annually would go to securing the border. But no, we don't have that many Border Patrol agents at all. Hardly anybody patrols the border. And that's quite evident. So instead of having 50,000 troops stationed in Germany and uh, 70 or 80,000 troops stationed in South Korea and, uh, and, and a bunch in Japan, I don't even know how many we have in South, I think it's actually more like 40,000, but it's, we have, I, I think, 70,000 in Japan, don't we? Instead of having them there, here's an idea. Hey, bring them all home and then and then uh, station a few people at the border. And by a few, I mean, you know, more than literally a few. But let's use some of that defense budget to actually defend the country. Last I checked, we don't need 50,000 troops in Germany. Last I checked, uh, according to my calendar here, it's 2010. I believe World War II ended. We already had the Nuremberg trials. I, I, I would assume it, it ended pretty well. I think we kind of won 65 years ago. <laughs> uh, Germany, uh, East and West Germany were uni united uh, 20 years ago. Um, uh, the whole Soviet thing, not really that much of a threat right now, though certainly a, a bit of a concern, but I don't think we need 50,000 troops in Germany, do we? Do we need 70,000 troops in Japan? Do we need all those troops in South Korea? I mean, I understand if North Korea decides to go nuts one day, uh, that's going to be bad. But are, are ground troops really going to be the answer to the hundreds of thousands of troops that North Korea has? I don't think so. You're going to get rolled. Take some of that budget. Take some of those troops home. Use some of that budget in defending the border, defending the sovereignty of the United States. Makes sense to me. All right, not a good day if you're Lance Baxter, a.k.a. D.C. Douglas. He's the voiceover guy for the Geico commercials. You may have heard him. He's uh, he's one of the guys. Now, there, there's a couple of different voiceover guys on those commercials, but he's uh, one that was in those uh, the celebrity sort of slated ads. And Well, he's found himself in a boatload of hot water. You know, if I was one of these uh, well-known voiceover kind of guys... I would really keep my ass out of trouble. I might not even do this podcast anymore, or if I did, it would just be kind of watered down. Uh, you know, maybe I would, but one thing I wouldn't do, I wouldn't start antagonizing the Tea Party movement, or I, if I was uh, on the right, I wouldn't start calling Democratic Party headquarters and, uh, and making stupid comments. Listen to this. So this was Lance Baxter. He called... Freedom Works, I think is the name of this outfit. And they're a, they're the group, one of the groups that's behind some of these Tea Party rallies. And uh, he left a voicemail there, and it sounded a little like this. Hi there, I'm, I'm doing a paper about Freedom Works, and I was wondering if somebody could give me a call back. Uh, I'm wrapping up, and I just uh, have one more piece of information I need to get from you guys. I uh, just need to know uh, what the percentages of people that are mentally retarded who work for the organization uh, and are, are uh, members of it. I just need to know the percentage of people that are mentally retarded who are uh, working for FreedomWorks and are following it. Uh, and, oh, and one final thing also, uh, wondering uh, what your plans are, uh, how to spin it when uh, one of your members does actually kill somebody. Wondering how if you've got a, an actual PR spinning uh, routine planned for that, or are you just going to uh, take it when it happens? Just curious. So give me a call when you get a chance. Thanks so much. Oh, boy. You could really tell this guy was, <laughs> he thought he was just super clever doing that. You can tell he had that very snarky sort of sound to his voice. He really thought he was calling up and, what is this guy, like 12 years old? I'm going to call up and I'm going to insult the tea party. And he puts on that broadcast voice and he's just like, uh, Hi there, uh, this is Lance Baxter. You know, the, for the guy for the Geico commercials. Uh, and I was just wondering... If uh, how many uh, people in your organization are mentally retarded? The only person that's clearly mentally retarded is you. 
honestly, if you have a job where your your whole sort of gig is just to be the voiceover guy, read a few lines, you're going to get paid five grand or 10 grand or 20 grand for a session and uh, just read a few lines here and then your voice is going to be on our, our ads and we're going to give you residual checks and then you're going to come in and do a few more reads from time to time. It's a guaranteed boatload of cash and all you have to do is just try not to do anything to make us look dumb. You know, we're going to sign to this contract and then, you know, the only thing they ask you to do is not to do something dumb and then you go out and do something dumb. What does that make you? Uh, hi there. I'm really, I'm very, very clever. I'm going to call up a one of these um, tea party organizations and I'm going to insult them. I don't think there's going to be any repercussions from this. I'm really clever. Clearly not as clever as you thought you were, Lance. So he's been fired. He's done and that's just fine by me. Now he's going to fire back. He's He's got a blog, apparently. He's already made a uh, video sort of mocking the, the Tea Party folks. He does this, by the way, because he heard that the Tea Partiers um, yelled anti-homosexual and, 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 and racial epithets at uh, various members of Congress during the now famous debate leading up to the health care passage uh, just a few weeks ago. He heard that. Now, of course, there's yet to be substantiated proof that somebody was spit on and that any racial epithets were said. Um, you know, it's very interesting in this era where everybody has a cell phone cam, where everybody is recording everything else. There's audio, there's video. Hell, there's, there's that audio of Jerry Jones out there, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who talks, among other things, about Tim Tebow and how he sucks. And that's all over the place. That's just, uh, that's now all over the internet. And yet there's not even one single video. There's not one piece of audio from any of these people that want to blast the Tea Partiers for being racist. There's not like one thing that's out there about it. And uh, so uh, nothing to substantiate that. Yet this guy, Lance Baxter, uh, is going to run with that. He's going to take off with that. And he's, he's going to use that. So he's going to be inflammatory toward the Tea Party folks. Well, you know, again, it's very typical. Why get into the the facts? Why get into the meat and potatoes of something when you could just be a reactionary moron? I, I was just wondering how many people in the Tea Party are mentally retarded. You know, uh, actually, it's doesn't take a whole lot of intelligence to just react to things. Reaction is just one of the basic animal instincts to do. You hear something or you see something and you just run or you jump or you bark or you make a sound, you do something. It, reaction is a very simple, dare I say, retarded sort of response to just about anything. But to have an insightful and intelligent reaction, to actually have the ability to critically think, that's what separates human beings from animals. Because animals, aside from perhaps, and this is still under investigation, aside from perhaps chimps, humans are the only ones that have been given the gift of intellectual thought. And when I say that, I mean critically thinking, analyzing something, thinking it through, Coming to a logical conclusion, not just a basic thought or a basic linear chain of thought, but actually a complex system of analysis in order to arrive at a conclusion. Human beings actually possess that, but apparently Lance Baxter does not. Well, I heard that uh, there were some comments that were made at a Tea Party rallies at Blazed. Uh, I have to tell you uh, that uh, I think that uh, that makes them all retards and bigots over there. And I'm just wondering when somebody's going to kill somebody at the Tea Party rally. Okay, you go right on ahead and have that opinion. Go right on ahead, Lance. And while you're at it, uh, enjoy your time in the unemployment line. And while you're thinking about that as well, just note that now you've alienated yourself from other possible gigs also. If you're a voiceover guy, just shut up. Just shut up. 
Shut up and go in and get paid your huge chunks of money to do your voiceover work. Nobody cares about the opinion of the Geico guy. And now all of a sudden, everybody knows the Geico guy has an opinion on this issue. Why not just sit there and read the damn commercial? 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. You could just do that. You can just read that and be smooth about it. You see, you have your time. You have your little liner. You have your, your money. And everybody else has their tea party. And everybody's just getting along just fine. Man, what a dumbass. That guy is really the tool of the week. I need a break. <sighs> All right. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's also our PayPal address. You know that Lance Baxter, he left his... Uh, his phone number on that message to the tea partiers and uh, they posted it and now everybody's upset that they posted the number he left the number on the voicemail system if you left me an insulting message well, this has happened before if you leave me an insulting message I might just put it on the air why the hell not with your number well that's just not right well he left the number there I guess we weren't smart enough. I guess the tea partiers weren't smart enough to omit the number when they played that, that audio clip. Darn. It's Michael Groff in exile, and we'll be back. it was for things to get past the SEC and why was that because they all had their hands in their pants or their eyes on their monitors watching porn versus going after people that were robbing other people blind now, don't touch that you'll go blind no don't I mean it should be don't touch that because everybody else will be robbed blind. I'm, of course, talking about what went on at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Welcome back. Segment number three, Michael Graff in exile on a Friday. I'm just looking through the account of this. This is unbelievable. So an investigation was done into the Securities and Exchange Commission because... A lot of us have had questions how it is that the watchdog organization somehow missed a guy, a single guy running a Ponzi scheme that robbed $65 billion from people. Not to mention a host of other problems that went on at the same time throughout the financial sectors across this country. You want to know why we had such problems in the housing market? We could blame Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, and certainly there's some blame to go around there. We could blame Democrats. We could blame Republicans. Certainly lots of blame to go around. But if the watchdog organization isn't watching anything aside from porn all day, maybe we ought to start pointing the finger right there and holding these people accountable. The report is in, and it seems that 
unbelievable amounts of porn were being watched by people at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, how much? Well, let's see. One guy, one of the attorneys at the SEC actually filled up his entire hard drive with porn. And not only did he fill up his entire hard drive with porn, so then he figured, well, he's out of room on his hard drive. So he brought in DVDs to burn more porn. And he had boxes, not a box, boxes of porn stacked up in his office. All of these DVDs, all with porn all over them. I didn't realize, I mean, I know there's a lot of porn on the internet, but I mean, really boxes and boxes of, of DVDs worth of porn. How did, how did the guy ever leave his office? How is his ween still on his body for God's sake? You think that damn thing would fall off if what I think is going on was going on? But believe me, you don't just watch porn and then not do something about it. Wow, porn really is the industry that's crippling the country. No wonder so many people are trying to crack down on it. It's got the SEC all tied up. I, I now know where most of the money generated by the porn industry comes from. It comes from the Securities and Exchange Commission. No wonder they never look into allegations of fraud on, on porn sites all across the country. They're too busy watching the damn porn sites. They don't want to shut them down. A senior attorney at the SEC's Washington headquarters spent up to eight hours a day looking at and downloading pornography. When his government computer was full, when it was out of hard drive space, he burned DVDs. Uh, he later agreed to resign. Well, that's good. An accountant. Here we go. An accountant was blocked more than 16,000 times in a single month from visiting sex or pornography sites, but still managed to amass a collection of very graphic material by using Google to bypass the SEC's internet filter. He wound up with a two-week suspension. Uh, sir, we understand that you've bypassed our internet screening, our, our filters. We, uh, uh, I have the report here. Uh, all right, uh, here it is. Um, we understand that you have uh, bypassed our filter 16,000 times and have a ton of graphic material on your computer. Uh, do you recognize this image, sir? Oh, yeah, that's, um, uh, that's, uh, that's Brittany's vagina, okay? Yeah, yeah, how about this image? Oh, oh, that's Janie's. Yeah, she's good. And, and what about this one? Oh, my God, that's Missy May, uh, 2257. She's from Kentucky. Oh, man, she has got a tight ass. So you recognize all those images. Oh, hell yeah, I downloaded all those. Now, you understand uh, we're going to have to come down very hard on you here. No pun intended. We're, we're really going to have to... Uh, we're we're going to have to... Uh, well, you're suspended for two weeks. Two weeks? I'm sorry. With pay? Well, of course, with pay. I mean, this is the SEC. I mean, it's it's just coming from the taxpayers anyway. <laughs> and so forth. I mean, this, this, this is an out-of-control story. This is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, 17... Of these employees were, quote, at senior level, earning salaries of up to $222,418 a year. How would you like to make $222,000 a year to sit there and watch porn eight hours a day? Never mind what your job was. Never mind if you were an accountant. Never mind if you were a lawyer. Never mind if you were supposed to be looking over whether or not somebody was defrauding people out of $65 billion or any other one of the rampant horrible atrocities that was going on economically in this country that you were supposed to have your eye on. Never mind any of that. You got to sit there and watch porn for eight hours a day. The number of cases jumped from two in 2007 to 16 in 2008. The cracks in the uh, financial system emerged in the mid 2000 in mid 2007 and spread into full bloom panic by the fall of 2008. California representative Daryl Issa the top Republican on the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform said it was, quote, 
disturbing that high-ranking officials within the SEC were spending more time looking at porn than taking action to help stave off the events that put our nation's economy on the brink of collapse. An SEC spokesman declined to comment on the incident. But you can see uh, what some of the things that went on here were all about. Yeah, you sort of uh, get the picture here. There were <laughs> some things that went on here that really, I mean, some of this was just really, really bad news. All right, well, that's the SEC. I'm, I'm just uh, fascinated by some of these accounts. By the way, this wasn't just all men. There was a woman that had thousands of images on her computer, including videos. She looked at porn for many hours at a time. Men, women, everybody there was uh, downloading porn and appreciating porn. And then, of course, it lists some of the sites that they were on, too. There was YouPorn and Spankwire and all these other various sites um, that uh, I'm sure many of you in this audience, you've probably never heard of, of course. I'm sure many you've never been on a porn site. It's weird. I, I really, I don't watch much porn myself. I really don't get into it. It's, it's just not really my thing. I mean, uh, true, I haven't had sex in a long time. Um, you know, 10 months, nine, 10 months. But uh, even so, I still, uh, I'm not, I'm not gawking at porn all the time. Uh, sometimes, I suppose. Well, look, we all find it's, it's ubiquitous now. You can't even escape it. You find it whether or not you're looking for it at all. Truth be told, the other day I was looking for some audio for the show. I was going to pull some more audio for some various news stories. And uh, I'm just clicking around, looking at stuff. And next thing I know, um, there's some, there's like this one sound button I'm looking for. And then there's like, <laughs> there's this chick like doing herself in a park. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how that tied in. It was on it. I don't even remember, but it was on a site with like other like legit videos. And then all of a sudden there's this porn clip on there. I don't know. So maybe the SEC, maybe they were really uh, investigating problems in the porn industry since it is, after all, a billion dollar industry. Maybe they were doing legitimate research. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's what their lawyer is going to argue. They're going to say. You know, some of these people were actually probably looking into some of the uh, financial transactions that are going on on porn sites all across the country, making sure that their credit, they weren't trying to defraud people in their credit cards and they were using their their memberships properly. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sh yeah, 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 yeah. That's why the guy had boxes of DVDs and CDs stacked up. That's why another guy bypassed uh, internet filters he <laughs> so he could download... Uh, porn from other places. So he, he actually took the time to go around the various filtration systems that they set up at the SEC. I'm, I'm surprised that they actually have an internet filter system there. That was the surprising part. And just because I mentioned it in the open, I figure I should bring this up just for those of you that are fans or that really need to know this. The long-running comic book series Archie they're going to introduce a new classmate to Riverdale High this fall, an openly gay teen named Kevin Keller. This is all in the New York Post. They outlined this. The hunky blonde immediately catches rich girl Veronica's eye, but he tells Archie's buddies Jughead that he's not interested. Quote, it's nothing against her. I'm gay, he explains. Jughead urges him to wait to tell Veronica and mayhem and hilarity ensue, the company says. Quote, it's a lot of fun, said Dan Parent, who wrote and drew the story for Veronica number 202, which will hit U.S. comic book stores in September. Co-CEO of Archie Comics, John Goldwater, said that the recurring character is being introduced in the family-friendly comic because, quote, we want to make sure Riverdale is a very inclusive place. We want to make sure everyone's included in Archie's world. Both said they did not see the addition as controversial. Oh, no. Quote, it's not an issue like it would have been 20 or 30 years ago, he said. We're not trying to send social messages. We just want to reflect what's going on today. Riverdale's a melting pot. He added that people who are offended by seeing the Riverdale gang hang around with a gay teen aren't the kind of people we want reading our comics anyway. 
look, it is true. The gay thing, it's no longer a big shock when a character is gay. It happens on TV shows all the time. Hell, we had a long-running TV show that was all about that for, geez, uh, forever. I mean, I don't know how many of you saw Third Rock from the Sun, uh, but that was uh, an incredibly gay-friendly show. What? What? No? All right, Will and Grace. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, but really, we had show. I mean, Ellen, uh, who was more ambiguously gay, and then you had Roseanne. You had that uh, lesbian kiss on Roseanne. That was really when it was groundbreaking. I mean, now it's not even a big deal at all. It's nothing really new. Hell, they dealt with this on uh, that show. Didn't they deal with that on Rock? They dealt with gay issues on cartoon shows. They've dealt with this. Again, this has been going on for about 20 years in the culture now. But to say that they don't think it would be really controversial, I don't really know about that. I don't know about that. It's still going to be controversial. You're still going to have people that are going to have a problem with it. Personally, I don't care. I didn't even know they were still making Archie comics. I didn't know that they really made very many comic books anymore. That's how out of it I am. I, I know I see them every once in a while, but I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I just sort of figured that a lot of them had sort of faded out. Look, I, I'll admit I'm sort of out of it. I'm not, entirely, I'm not entirely with it when it comes to comic books. I don't know what goes on. You know, I, uh, I barely watch TV, let alone keep up with comic books, for God's sake. It's time for that. So that's a new gay character. Kevin Keller will be the new gay character in the Archie comics. So if you're a big fan of that and you're a big homophobe, well, you're not going to like that. Of course, my theory is if you're a homophobe, you're probably not reading Archie comics in the first place, right? I really like Archie comics, but I don't like fags. I'm not going to I'm not going to put up with a fagula in some Archie comic. I'm not going to do that. Sure. All right. Uh, anyway, on that note, I think uh, that's about it, right? Pretty much puts the wraps on another edition of uh, Michael Graff in Exile. I think we covered just about everything we needed to get into today. NBA playoffs last night. I'll just mention this real quick. The, uh, the Phoenix Suns put down a beatdown on the Blazers. They led by as many as 31 points uh, at one point in the game, but... The Blazers try to make it interesting late in the third quarter and heading into the fourth quarter, cutting the lead to 12. Uh, but then the Suns won in a 108-89 to uh, victory, taking a two-games-to-one lead in that best-of-seven series. The Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, came back from being down 10 points. They uh, rallied to have a 101-96 victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. Kevin Durant does it again. James Harden, former Arizona State Sun Devil standout, he... He had a good game, 18 points. And the Bulls, 108-106 over the Cavs. Cavs still have a 2-1 series lead in that series, but the Bulls are, are trying to make it interesting. Uh, Derrick Rose had, God, I think he had 31 points in the game. Watched a little of that game. Mostly I was just here doing the podcast, but I tried to, I tried to sneak a peek in at it from time to time. Whatever. I'll get to watch one good team play this weekend. Aside from the Suns, uh, tomorrow they're playing the Blazers. Uh, the Coyotes are playing the Red Wings tonight. But I'll, I'll get to see the Philadelphia Phillies will be in town this weekend. I predict a three-game sweep over the Diamondbacks. I, uh, I, I, you know, not that I'm hoping for that. But I'm just telling you right now, that's probably going to be the way that goes. Phillies are, generally speaking, pretty awesome. Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. AOL Instant Messenger. The screen name, Michael Groff Show. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger for more of your instantaneous feedback on this here show. We're also at michaelgroff.com for all of your exciting Michael Groff needs. Go there, hang out, log on, play around, learn something. michaelgroff.com. And uh, what else? Have I, have I forgotten anything? EFNet IRC, Net Radio, the channel. We're on Facebook. And uh, send money uh, if you so desire. 
You can do it anonymously, you know. I don't give out people's names on the air unless they want me to. But I, I did get two people that sent them this week, and uh, they're those people are super mega awesome, and uh, they're welcome over here for a beer anytime. All right, see you. I think I still have some beer. See you uh, next time for another edition of Michael Graf in Exile. Good night, everybody. 